I'm Shannon. And I'm Sierra. And we've been best friends for the past eight years. Has this ever happened to you? Some well-intended individual inquires. How are you? But instead of being your sounding board, they end up just sounding board. Well, we're here to lend an ear as our guests unpack their hopes and fears. So come join us in a space where vulnerability is strength and humor is healing. While we genuinely inquire, how are you feeling? And what's been storming your brain? 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 What has been storming your What's been storming your brain? Brainstorming the podcast. Hi Shannon. Hi Sierra. Happy Pod Day. Yeah, I feel really light today. It's beautiful weather outside. It's so nice. It's mm-hmm. not officially summertime but it feels like summertime I had mm-hmm. my AC running and two fans blasting mm-hmm. I let my beautiful hairy quarantine legs out to see the sun nice and they they loved it they told me so Aww. my legs you yeah. guys have great communication me too those hairy legs head to toe uh I am so stoked about this episode yes. because this person has been such a champion for me mm. and for my creative endeavors since I met her And so it feels like so special to have her on today Mm. because I want to give her the same amount of support that she's given me since I met her, Um, met her again through work, working at the barbershop together. This is a back-to-back barbershop special. I love last week. We had Joseph Mm -hmm. on this week. We have, oh, I just felt like instantly so comfortable around her. We joked about the same things, Mm -hmm. smoked the same weed, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just like. We're the same astrological sign. We're both cancer queens. And I think she was actually the first person that I shared the sounding board, sounding board, that, that line Mm -hmm. that's in the intro. I think I shared that with her and she was like, oh, that's good. So I like have always just felt so validated by her and she has been popping off. She has so many projects going on right now and she's leaning into her brand. And so I want her to lean on over to our microphone Mm -hmm. and her name is Narlin, hi. Hi, Narlin. Are you kidding? This is so exciting. Welcome to the pod. The pod. That's the nickname. I'm learning. The pod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. No, I feel like we talked about this in some capacity. Like when we first met, I didn't really know what it yeah. was going to be, but I really feel like you were one of the first people that I shared it with. And you were very much like, that sounds great. Do that. And mm-hmm. you need people like that in your life. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you feel that way about, you know, my expressing my love for what you do and who you are. And it's obviously a great decision because even the intro thus far and what I've seen from your guys' postings and the guests that you've had, um, you're doing a tremendous job. And I'm really happy that you included me and even wanted me to be like a guest on an episode. So you've been creating like crazy. I feel like this year, like everybody, it's been so fucking nutty and you went home for a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. You had a project you worked on back at home, correct? Yeah. So that was my first project that I've ever produced from the ground up on my own. Okay. That was fate meets fiction. I did that in June. Okay. Okay. I've always wanted to do big projects and I've always sort of wanted to have my hands in everything because I do photography and I do hair and makeup and nails and I paint and I draw and I do costume design and fashion design. And so it's always kind of been like really chaotic for me to figure out what to start with or like what avenue might be like the smartest avenue to go with because coming from a place of not knowing what to do necessarily because you have all of these things that you can do to me 
from a professional standpoint, I was sort of like, well, is there one thing that I should do first that might give me like the leadway and exposure to then open up the other things that I can do or um, that could possibly help me financially to be able to fund those types of projects? And so I think in the beginning, I was always trying to figure out logistics almost too much in terms of like how to do it, what to do, what team I need. I always felt like I needed to have like my photographer and makeup and hair and all of those things to be able to produce um, a project at the capacity that I wanted to. And then I realized that I'm the team that I need. And so if you do it for yourself and you're excited about what you're doing, it makes other people excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they further believe in you and you can create, you know, party, third party teams from that standpoint and like have obviously other types of collaborations. But uh, Fate Meets Fiction came from us being locked in the house uh, because that was the first time the world had changed for all of us. Right. And it was sort of like this idea of what our inner selves were yearning for and like what we wanted, but we couldn't express because we were cooped up for so long. Ooh. And so I had one of my friends be the model for uh, the shoot, for the video, working with me all day. Um, I did everything, like I said, from top to bottom. So we were working from like eight o'clock in the morning until like 10 at night. And then I was editing after that. I think I came out with like, a thousand photos that I shot personally from the thousand that I came out with, I had to narrow it down to 50. And then from those 50, I had to pick the top 12 that kind of, you know, perfectly conceptualized the point that I was trying to get across of the project. That was exciting for me because like I said, it was my first one and it came out exactly how I envisioned it in my mind. Oh my God. I I just grabbed stuff from like my mom's closet. I stole my little brother's jeans. I made her put those on and like pinned them in the back. Um, I did like red stones on her eyes for makeup, which took forever. I had to braid her hair to put a wig on. Um, my mom was holding the sheet in the driveway <laughs> to like make sure that everything was captured correctly. I think it's like such a great point that, and as artists, like you do this, you put up these fake like checkpoints that you think you have to hit before you even start the creative process. You're like, well, I need a photographer and I need this and I need that. It's like these emotional deterrence that you're putting yourself in front of yourself because you think it's not going to be worth it or whatever the self-doubt creeps in and almost like you need those those things and those people in order for it to be as elite quote unquote as you think it's supposed to be and that's not necessarily true and then we also all have the equipment now you know with our own phones and these computers to really produce whatever we want to that the tops of the top are already doing right Mm -hmm. and how incredibly rewarding for you to say I did it all myself and it's the exact thing that I wanted it to turn out to be I mean that was the craziest point for me I knew I was like I'm gonna do this and I was like Narlin just see what happens like you should just try it and see what happens and then I did and the fact that when I look back at it, first of all, I was like, wow, girl, you took these pictures. Number one, like you took these photos. And I know um, I know how to photograph, but just the angles that I took them from, um, again, to further exude what it is that I was trying to show was really insane to me. Yeah. So definitely inspired me to keep moving after that. And I was like, if this is what it feels like, and this is how good I can be right now by myself. Like I can only imagine how insane it can be later. And that only comes with progress and like consistency for you to keep things going and being inspired that way. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. mm -hmm. So before we get into your most recent project, can you give us a little background on, I know you have like a history and creative direction, 
your she is like the talk about cancer queen she throws the most insane birthday like every detail the menu the invites the theme it's all on theme yeah and so (laughs) in a great way in the necessary way I mean you show love to people in like the most beautiful way so did that come from a creative direction background? Was that just something you enjoyed doing? Kind of both. Okay. Yeah. So my mom has an event planning company that she's had since I was eight years old. And so she was doing weddings. She was doing um, really big events at the DIA and the Detroit Opera House. Oh, wow. And so I'm from Michigan. Oh my God, we're both from Michigan. I should have that too. No, we're not. Your mom? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Oh, I am um, my, my roommate. My roommate was. roommate, and I'm thinking about Francisco. I'm hollering. Oh, <laughs> and also a cancer. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot of uh, mixed lawyers here. What if this was like a big reveal where you were like, you have a mom in Michigan, and you're like telling me <laughs> that I have a mom, and I'm like, oh. I found her for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. So my mom did event planning, and from there, I think I. I've always sort of had an eye on how to have things in order from a standpoint of um, production to execution and what, you know, decor would look like, how to invite guests to certain things, um, verbiage in terms of like press releases and things like that and getting everybody aware of what's going on. Um, then for an artistic standpoint, I've been training in dance since I was three years old, all the way up until right after I got out of college. And then I also was training for, at the Detroit Opera House, I was doing, being trained in singing from like 16 until 21, 23. Wow. And so I've always kind of been in the arts, obviously. Like I've always been to like art camps. Um, I was always the girl that was, if I had to go to the boys and girls club with my brothers and they were like playing basketball or something, I was always sitting outside the art door, but there were never enough art kids. So the art studio was always closed. And I would just be drawing outside on my coloring book because I didn't want to play any sports. Like, I mean, I danced, but that's not the same thing as like basketball and rat race and stuff like that. And then as I got older, I kind of dabbled more into hair in in college kind of as a way to make extra money. So I was like more so doing blowouts and like straightening people's hair. And then I actually just learned how to braid I would say like four and a half years ago. Oh, shit. Um, And so now I can braid hair from like the top of your head, which is knotless braids all the way down to like your butt or the middle of your back, which for me takes about nine to 12 hours, depending on how long you want them to be. But I'm not as professional or experienced yet with it as it would be if you were to go to a salon and they can do it for you in like four or five hours. Um, and so all of these little things that I learned how to do and learning how to do full faces of makeup and nails and stuff like that, also from dance and recitals and competitions and things, I kind of encompassed it all in one for myself to later realize I wanted to be a creative director. Um, but I didn't know what that name was prior because I didn't have anyone around me that was in that role. Okay. Yeah. But that's really where it stemmed from. And, uh, even the, the braids that were in my last project I did, it took me 13 hours to do her hair and then nine hours to do my own. So I also braid my own hair and like cornrows all the way down my back. Wow. But you know, you got to do what you got to do until you can outsource. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so how 
how did you find parallels then? So you're back in the city. You fucking got COVID. Yes. You're back in the workforce. You got COVID. Yes. I got COVID in October and I was out of work for three months. Oh my gosh. It was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. 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 You said like getting your stamina back was probably the the hardest. Yes. Oh my goodness. The, I was out of breath so terribly. Um, Obviously, in dealing with it, I remember just having to sit up in my bed in aching pain because I felt like there were tons of bricks sitting on my chest and I couldn't breathe or catch my breath. And I'm, I was living by myself. And so later on, what the, what the side effects sort of are sometimes, obviously, is aches and pains and then walking or fatigue. And I felt like I could not get my stamina up to even walk more than a block and a half for like two and a half months after that. Whoa. Oh my yeah. God. It was a pretty uh, crappy experience for me, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> but parallels came from me being at home. I shot it in June, released it in March. So this was still quarantine period, me being on fire, like girl, you just released Fate Meets Fiction. Um, Very excited and wanting to keep myself inspired um, because I've learned that I become more inspired when I'm constantly doing something rather than trying to find something to inspire me to then make something out of it. We found mm-hmm. that with the podcast too. It's like, well, if we we're meeting every week and we keep that up and yeah. then you have that creative energy that you take to other places. Well, now I'm singing more when I'm home, like it all really like right. yeah. work begets work. Yeah. And I mean, that's something for me that tends to hold me back is before I've even attempted something, I talk myself out of it. Yes. And, and then I find when I just say, fuck it. And mm-hmm. just do something and throw something at the wall, then it, that might not be the final idea, but something's going to come from that. And then, for, and mm-hmm. it'll just keep building mm-hmm. and building until I get to the thing that goes, that's the idea I wanted. Mm. Great. Yeah. Let's move with this. Mm. Um, and yeah. that's something I can see from talking to you is just so inspiring about you is that you're like, let's just do it. I'm going to do it all. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just start where I'm at yeah. and do what needs to be done with what I have. Yeah. It's like a creative snowball effect to uh, keep you productive. Yeah. You can't try to figure out the answer to everything. Even when you do, even when you're the, the most professional person in the world and you're in these high positions, you still don't know everything. You're kind of, um, you're more experienced. Yes. But also in the creative space, there's always going to be a plan a b and c because something's always going to fall through or mess up and it's like you have to think quick on your feet in those times um to come up with something but in your doing something just to say creative it's really like you figuring out the brainstorming before you get to the actual project or you know release or whatever it is um So that kind of is what happened with Parallels. It was supposed to start as like this beautiful concept about women. And um, I wanted to do something that was mirroring these two women together, but also mirroring themselves and like how we see ourselves, what it is that we put into the world as women, just because of the fact that we are the strongest and most powerful creatures that are here. I always say we're the closest thing to God because we can bear children and that's not I mean, nobody can do that, but then also men cry when they have seasonal allergies and colds. So, I mean, it's just a different level of uh, power and persistence that comes from a woman. And that was basically what I wanted to come up with. Um, I shot it at home in a garage. I kind of knew that I wanted that to be the theme of it. I wanted it to be rugged, but then like 
chaotically beautiful in terms of how we were looking with our costumes, um, which I did all by hand, um, our makeup, our hair, things like that. I wanted it to be very beautiful, but very rugged because that's the world that we live in. But then it's also showing who we are. You were starting to get like collage. It felt like a collage to you when we were looking at yeah, it Yeah, I was looking at it and it reminded me. So I started doing collage work just before quarantine as a way of like meditation and then really picked it up during quarantine. And I love it. I think it looks so cool. And seeing your work, it reminded me sort of of the collaging. Yeah. So is it, how would you classify it? Multimedia? <laughs> That's so funny because... <laughs> I was telling my closest friends, like, I feel like also the beginning of my process and going back to me trying to figure out what to do or what to start with those types of things. I think I was also trying to figure out what my creative medium was and like how I was going to pull everything together. Was it photography? Was it all only video? Was it something where I do activations and it's always physically in person? Like, I didn't know what I, what my type of medium of art was going to be. And I learned that it's digital. I do a lot of layering, kind of like literally what you're saying, the collaging. I do do a lot of layering. But yeah, I would say that my medium is digital. And it kind of just started as one thing of me shooting in the garage. I actually, when I was finished with it, I hated how it came out. Um, and I think I was kind of writing on this high. Which like, <laughs> sounds so funny. I was writing on this high of, fate meets fiction and being like, okay, you're about to push out another one and it's going to be fired. And it's like, no, like you had a good hit, but it's not always going to turn out that way. Um, so I didn't revisit that project until probably January. Okay. I revisited again. Okay. Um, I saw it from a different standpoint. And again, this goes back to us kind of just like playing and doing something until you get inspired. So I was like, well, let me take some of the proofs that I have back and go on Photoshop and see like what I come up with just for fun. Hmm. Um, I love Waffle House, like when I'm out of town and I don't know why this came to my mind, but I took one of the pictures, um, which is, it's called Wifey at Waffle House. That's where it came from. That's what it's titled. Uh -huh. um, but it came from that because I used the Waffle House slogan on top of that photo. And when I looked at it, I was like, this looks like a really dope, like old school advertisement that's also like the 2020 version of what was or something very weird and retro in that type of way and from there I kind of just kept playing and then I wanted to still stay on brand of the power of women and it kind of just turned into like you know black women and our strength specifically and also what's happening in the world and like so many black lives being brutally murdered and almost like we're always the lost or forgotten group but we're also the most praised and like idealized group of people that everybody wants parts of you know they want something from our culture they want our hair they want our makeup or not our makeup our makeup in terms of who we are and how we operate and the strength and all that it is that we encompass to keep moving forward in the situations that give us such a troubling time and so much grief. And so I kind of wanted the power of that to be in my project. So it went from <laughs> shooting in a garage to it then being, you know what, we're actually fucking out of this world. That's what I said. I was like, we are fucking out of this world. 
And I was like, ding, it needs to be out of the, it literally needs to be us out of this world. And so that's kind of what I came up with. Yeah. Understandably after this fucking year for black women in particular, you can be covered by the grief. You can be completely buried by the grief. Or like you said, you can take that energy and put it into a creative process and endeavor and that empowering, you know, like you said, can, can be a mode of processing what's, what's happening this year. Yeah. And and I, I wanted to encompass a lot of different things too, in the way that we deal with grief as the black community. Um, and so we always find a way to take the toughest times and make them comical and something mm-hmm. funny about it. Or like the joke is on everybody else, even though y'all are trying to put it on us because we're going to rise above it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I mean, even just like us singing in church songs, I was from all the way back in slave days when like that was the only hope that we had to actually look forward to the day because we only had songs to sing. Yeah. Um, braiding our hair is an part of our identity and also like tribes that we came from. And so I wanted all of these things to be like, even though all of this is happening and even though it's always like shots fired at us, but then also us being glorified Mm. at the end of the day, we know who we are and how much we hold because it always seems that we're supposed to hold everything, but never break from anything at the Mm. same time. And so I really just wanted it to be like, yeah, we are out of this world. And one of the lines that I made in the poem and the merch that I put out is she can't be in your world. She's a planet all on her own because we are. And I truly feel like as black women, we're like really fucking undefeated. Like we Mm -hmm. are. I mean, even in the small microcosm of you having COVID, having shot it in June and going, ah, there's nothing. You rising above like your shortness of breath and going, okay, no, this is something I can make something out of this. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't for naught. Yeah. Like that of its own is you're out of this. And sort of my persistence and trying to prove to myself that, you know, I'm very capable of producing and creating what it, whatever it is that I want to on my own. And I don't want to ever put myself in a box of thinking I can do those things separately or to add to a team of someone else, but I can do all of those things for myself and it still be very Narlin Venice, which is my, my brand is my name. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just very excited that I was able to take all of my talents at one time and put it into like one big project for everybody else to see. And people were so excited. (laughs) (laughs) This is so crazy. People were so excited. Um, When I released it, I had so many messages about people saying, I don't know what else you're doing with this or like what else you're putting out, but I want to buy it. And I'm like, friend, you don't even know what to buy. (laughs) Besides the prints, which is always going to happen. but. Yeah. So where did merch come from? Did it come from people just wanting it? Yeah. So the merch idea came from what I just mentioned of them saying, whatever it is I want to buy. I actually didn't think about merch at all until the day that I put the project out and not even kidding. 10 minutes later, I was like, oh my God, the color palette that I have in this project and spring and summer is coming. That shit would be fire for like (laughs) merch apparel. And I'm thinking about it in terms of like, concert merch and how you know people get really excited for festivals and you sort of know what's already going to come based off of marketing and it's like Mm -hmm. oh I can't wait for that shirt to come out because I want to wear that shirt for blah 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 I was thinking about it in the same way um, as if I was producing a concert or a festival and those marketing pieces could always be something that you would be able to keep and be a part of um, but then also is an extended part of the rollout for the project so it kind of came out of nowhere (laughs) which is why it was very like 
pre-orders are available, but you're not going to get your shirt just yet. But I, I was like, I, it needs to come out. So I was working tirelessly to create the designs of the t-shirts, what t-shirts I wanted. That was chaotic. So everybody in fashion, I give the highest praise and props to because the chaos that I've experienced in the past two months, I can't even... Ooh, girl. Did you print them yourself? What was the process? Um, so I created the designs of the shirt myself. The problem is, and this is all things that I was learning as I'm going through it, um, manufacturing purposes are, or in looking for a manufacturer, I pretty much, I didn't really know where to go. So I was kind of just Googling and researching a lot of stuff. Um, and then I found this site where I could produce these garments, but it was like the minimum amount that you could order were like 48 at a time and they could only be of one size. And so, oh. right. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't really know how this is going to go. I haven't shared this with anybody. This is literally something I just came up with out of nowhere. And so I only want to put out what I receive in terms of like order. So if I get one or two orders, I want to order one or two shirts. I don't want to order them in bulk and then just yeah. be stuck with, you know, all of this merchandise. So I went on customink.com. They're pretty decent, but they're the ones who want $48 per shirt. Okay. It was a little much for me, but I did take their site to come up with my own first sample and creating like the gray shirt that I did. Hmm. And then when that came back to me, I sort of was like, okay, well, I know I want this to be moved down a little bit more. I know this is the type of shirt material I want to use. This is a color. The colors pop correctly. And from there, I then looked online to find like New York manufacturers to order my shirts in bulk. So I ordered all of my shirts in bulk. I did one with comfort colors because I kind of, my personal style is very um, uh, moody. She's moody. She's moody. For sure. <laughs> it's hard to describe. I love like vintage distress, um, worn in pieces, but also a flair of something like super extravagant. Like I always like shirts that have really big balloon sleeves or like feathers or something. Mm. Um and so I wanted to have a part of me in my shirts and the shirts that I picked by comfort colors that distributor, their shirts have a worn in look. So the more you wash them, they kind of look like a little bit older. Um, the print design that I did was DTG, which is direct to garment. DTG. Yeah. So I didn't know verbiage and, you know, what I was looking for. I was just like, I want shirts printed. Um, I knew that I did not like, I never have liked the types of shirts that have graphics on them. Um, that sort of have like that film on the top of the shirt where it feels like it's a picture sitting directly on a shirt. Yeah. That to me has always sort of felt a little cheap or undone in some type of way. I just wasn't really a fan. And so in doing it, I didn't know what that was called. I think that they told me it was direct screen printing. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah. And so direct to garment, excuse me if I did, you know, butcher that for whoever's listening, <laughs> uh, but direct to garment is sort of that print where if you touch the t-shirt, you don't feel the difference between the shirt and the print. It's all sort of just one glossed over piece that's together um, and you can't really separate the two. So I learned about that. Um, and the manufacturers in New York were charging me over a grand, like $1,050 for like to print like 20 shirts or something like that. Um, and I was like, I know this is because I'm in New York. I know this is because it's in Manhattan. And then I also needed a rush fee because again, I put all of this out last minute because I was so excited about it. And you have to do it while the, the hype and momentum is still sort of there. Right. So a lot of stress on myself that I walked into. Absolutely. 
Um, and then I sort of looked at printing at home for distribution because I was like, if I go to Detroit, I already know it's going to be cheaper because it's not the same type of city. Yeah. And the rush fee, if I do have one, I'm assuming is it going to be $150. Mm-hmm. So did some research, figured those things out, went to print it at home and it actually cost me like half of what I was quoted here. And then there was chaos in printing because you know, there's so many orders and like COVID is still happening that they had so much to do. But then also in going back and forth via email and conference calls, I kid you not from like nine o'clock in the morning until 9 p.m. for like three or four days back to back to back. And thinking that you have this certain product and you're on the same page and you have these meetings, all of the shirts that I had the most order for, which was the pistachio shirt, yeah. were all printed wrong. <gasps> So um, the shirt is supposed to have the definition of the project on the front. And then the back is a poem that I created on my own. And all of the green shirts had the definition on the front and the back. So I was like, I I broke down. I was crying. I was having like the most difficult time because I was just like, that means I have to reorder all of these shirts all over again. And I have to go through this process of having manufacturing done it being printed and like drying and all these types of things at the right time for it to then ship out to these people when I told them it was going to ship out. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm actually still dealing with that chaos. Damn. Uh, but honestly, just goes to show that, like I said, there's always A, B, C and plan D. Yeah. So amidst all of this, like learning as you go, what have you learned with fate meets fiction and parallels that you love about how your brain works in the creative process and what you find challenging about your brain in the creative process? Uh, I love that question. What I've learned to love about my brain is that I'm all over the place. And um, before I sort of felt like all of the blessings that I had of my talents were sometimes burdens because I didn't know what to do with them. Or like, it was almost like it was so much that I could do again. Like I didn't know where to start or like where to go. Um, and I think that the chaos of my mind, always wanting to do a million and 10 things at one time is a gift because it allows me to always one want to do something. Um, I always have some type of idea in my head to go somewhere Um, and then two, it allows me to kind of just like be free with myself and see what happens instead of putting so much pressure on me. Um, but then that leads me to what I don't really love about my brain and what you were mentioning earlier, Sierra, and your sort of, you know, discouraging yourself before you even know what you're doing. I don't know if that's a cancer thing. I know. I was going to say, where do you think that comes from? Mm -hmm. I mean, being a woman and not (laughs) like not feeling good enough. (laughs) Yeah. And just being a creative in the space that I am very on top of my stuff when it comes to my creative space. I am very professional. I am very um, organized. Mm -hmm. And so for me, if I don't have that type of organization or I don't have like the a chronological order of how I'm supposed to do something. Sometimes I'm like, well, I have to wait because I have to just see how this is going to happen. Um, and you discourage yourself in that from that standpoint, but then also wanting to feel like it's supposed to be fucking perfect hmm. before it's done. Yeah. And also what is perfect? You know what I mean? Like, so right. <laughs> everybody being super excited about it. I mean, there were the final proofs that I came out with. I was kind of like, am I supposed to add more? Like, does it need hmm. something else? 
Um, is this contrast too high? Like all of these different things. And when I put it out and people love it, it's really like beauty is in the eye of the beholder, mm-hmm. as corny as it is, like whatever it is that you see that's beautiful to you, somebody in your audience or whoever you're connecting sees and feels the same thing as you do, or even to a more elevated capacity. And that's kind of just what you have to go with. Yeah. You have so to like, trust You're not going to have an answer. You just got to trust your, that you're feeling. Yeah. Yep. The word of the day is intuition. It's intuition. Sure. <laughs> so along those lines what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger creative self whether that's pre-covid whether that's in school whether that's young dancing narlin you know what what would you give what piece of advice would you give them um go for it and um i mean i feel like it's (laughs) It's so weird because I feel like you watch interviews of people and they have like these questions for them and they give these answers and you feel like the answer is supposed to be like so profound and it's not. It's really just like go for it and believe whatever it is that you feel even be even if you don't believe what you see it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you know in your spirit that it's going to be good or that you should follow this because you're doing it for a reason. You started there. It came to your mind. You're following through on it and all of these things because you feel in your heart that there's a purpose for you to do that. Hmm. So even if you don't know what it's going to end up like, you need to do it for yourself. And the more you do shit, the more people will be like, oh, I want to work with her. Or I know she's going to do it anyway. She's going to fight for it. She's going to do all of these things. And I think that's also how you get your credibility and you have wonderful types of collaborations is because you've put in your own work ethic for people to see what it is that you're capable of by yourself. And so if you have those people behind you, it can be insane. You're a magnetic. I mean, you have such magnetic energy. I think that is, that is exactly oh, it. Man. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've spoken about it as like this knowing the knowing, like, it, mm-hmm. like you said, that yep. intuition intuition. Yeah. yeah. I mean, trusting it's like you said, even if you don't know exactly what the final product is going to be or the final, whatever, following that nudge inside of you, yes. that's like, go in this direction. Yes. Um, and following that as opposed to outside cues, right? Like for instance, when I was in high school, I knew I wanted to be a performer. I've known my whole life. Yes, I just life. known it's that knowing it's that intuition. And yet there were people for whatever reason who would go, like I literally had one friend who went, what if you're a dental hygienist? They make really good money. And I was like, well, first of all, if that's something you want to do, great. But sh- right. but as a suggestion for me, like, where is that coming from? Right. I, yeah. I have no knowledge. I have no knowledge or interest in dental hygiene. I have no, I, I it's not about the money. I mean, of course. Right. Right. That's the key as well, too. It's not about the money. It is not about the money. Right. And I think a lot of the time people tend to follow those outside voices or sources and be like, okay, well, this makes the money this. So Mm -hmm. I should follow this path Mm -hmm. or this is what everyone else is doing. Let me do Mm -hmm. that. And that's great if it's something that you feel pulled to do internally, but Listen to your in to your. I was gonna say, listen to your inside voice. Listen to that. <laughs> that too. <laughs> listen to the nudge. Listen to yeah. that knowing at that intuition. That should be your guide. Yes, that's gonna bring you happiness. I agree. Yeah, and a lot of people will deter you from fear too, because as creatives, there's no 
lane. There's no blueprint. There's no order. There's no specific direction. There's not a year or two or three that you know how things are going to go. It's not like you're a doctor, you're not a lawyer, and you know how your life is going to be in five years because you already know the process of how those things happen and when you're going to make certain salaries and things like that. Right. And so for people who aren't creative, I also would like to share that creative people are the most vulnerable people in the world. Everybody has their own vulnerability anyway, but there's so much in our mind about putting something out or wanting to be a part of something and actually produce what it is that we're thinking about that we can already put up these roadblocks for ourselves, but then people who are supposed to be on our teams and if they're not you know, encouraging us in the way that we need to, that also will deter our progress if we are not cognizant of what we're thinking about ourselves and like how much we believe in our own art. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of that really just comes from them not seeing how it can be profitable or uh, what the longevity of it is because it doesn't really make sense. So you're going to put this out and then like, it's going to be cool for a week and then what? Like, but that doesn't make sense to you. You know what I mean? Like to me, it makes sense. And to me, if I'm doing it because I really love it and I could do it all day until I'm tired. I mean, I had been working nonstop every day. I think I had like four hours of sleep over the course of like four days. Wow. And I had never been in any type of situation like that before, but I kept going like and, and I had to go home for something. I was up steaming straight to like four o'clock in the morning, caught my flight, went to work until nine o'clock p.m., went to work again the next day, like just You'll, you'll find these things that you have to take hold of, that you have to put your passion into. And if you do it at the end of the day, you're going to store and it's going to be fine. You're not going to see it immediately. Yeah. But I mean, it's a, just like everything else, it's a process. You just creatively, you don't know what that direction is. And if you give up at any point, you're not going to get there. Hmm. Absolutely. You, hmm. you never know until you try and you never know until you try. We had a, um, we had a teacher who used to say in regards to things like auditions, but I think it's applicable to life itself, which is that his advice was just show up. If you don't show up, you don't know what could have happened. Right. Right. Like just show up for yourself, Hmm. whether that is, you know, to those auditions or whatever, but to those ideas, show Mm -hmm. up meet those ideas, see where they take you. You might not get the outcome that you initially thought, but it's going to take you down some other road that's going to lead you somewhere else. And it's all part of the journey, Um, but you got to show up. You got to show up. Thanks for showing up today. I know. Zoom call. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, why don't we take a quick break? I feel really good. I do too. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, when we come back, we're going to play a little game. Hi. It's tic-tac-toe. Tic-tac-toe. That's yeah, the game. Short. Okay. Yeah. Can yeah. you play that? <laughs> it's not. It's not. Well, <laughs> you'll see. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Shall we play a game? Uh, Yeah. Narlin, what game do you think we're going to play? Okay, I'm sort of trash because I really don't play games. So the only thing that came to my mind, one of them wouldn't even be practical because it's Go Fish. How? (laughs) (laughs) And then... Yeah, tic tac toe because I was mentioned, but I don't. I have no idea. Like a it's go fish or or like those rapid fire situations when you have to say oh, like twenty one questions or something. Yeah, or what? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of that's? I don't know. Oh something yeah, like yeah. That? 
Well, you were right the first time. It's go fish. We've sent a deck of cards to your home. No. Open your door. There should be a package. <laughs> Open that package. The whole thing Take about out the bottom. Yeah. Oh, the comedy skit for this as well. Oh my goodness. Uh, Sierra, will you tell the nice lady what she's won? What game she's won? <laughs> you won a session of MASH. Matchmaker. That's our game. Oh. I don't know if you've ever played it. Mash from like when you're a kid and it's like how many kids are you going to have? Your husband, that type of thing. Yeah. Wow. You guessed it. We're playing Mash. Wow. We're <laughs> taking it back. I haven't played Mash since I was like 13. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. today's the day. Okay. We well, just go as long as you lead me through it. <laughs> oh, of course. I totally will. So to remind you, Mash stands for Mansion Apartment Shack House. So that's our first category. Okay. After that, we have four other categories. We have partner, children, career, and transportation. And so for each of those categories, you're going to give me four options. Yeah. So then to kick it off, I'm just going to need you to, I'm going to start drawing a spiral. You just tell me when to stop. Okay. That part. (laughs) Yep. So go. Stop. All right. Gorgeous. So our first category is partner. So you're going to give me four options for a partner for you. I'm going to make them famous people. I support that. Awesome. Even though I oddly don't even know who's famous that I would actually date in real life. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go with people I think that are cute. Great. Um, (laughs) Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Yes. Um, Truly, like whenever people are like, "Who is your celebrity crush?" I it's a female. Yeah, should we do female? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Let's do females for fun. I can list those off real quick. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Rihanna, because she is me and I am her. She is love. (laughs) Um, I also love Tiana Taylor. Okay. And Laura Harrier. Fantastic. Okay, so we have Michael B. Jordan, Rihanna, Tiana Taylor, and Laura Harrier. Yeah. Next category is children. So usually how it's traditionally played is however many children you want, you can give four options. We're throwing in a little curveball, and we can say, if you have anyone specifically in mind that you want to be your child <laughs> or, I love that. or we can throw in like baby names, Yeah, that's good but too. we're, we are a big proponent of adult adoption. Mm-hmm. So anything goes for this category. Yeah. Okay. And is this Three or four as well? Four. Four. Okay, so I'm going to do a mix. Love. Um, I am obsessed with Tiana Taylor's daughter because I feel like she's a baby version of her in terms of like dancing and creative. And if I have a child, I want my daughter to be the same way. Like it's insane. Um, Baby names. I love the name Lane for a girl. Lane. Lane. Yep. Like stay in your lane for him. That's cute. I love that. And I love the name Cayenne for a boy. Cayenne. That's pretty. That's three. So that's a kid, a boy and a girl name. And then if I did ever have kids, I would want a crew. So I would say I also would want like four children. Great. Okay. Next category is career. Okay. I just say what I want to do or who I want to be. Yeah, Yeah. literally whatever you want. Okay. I want to be and am a creative director. Mm -hmm. I want to do the cover for Vogue. Mm -hmm. 
Would you be on the cover of Vogue or designing it or both? Both. Love. Um, and haha, sneak peek to what's to come with Narlin Denise. Um, I will be releasing music and doing music videos. So like also stepping to like the artist role in terms of like actually performing instead of fully being behind the camera. Oh my I God. I love that. So musician or so like singer songwriter yeah singer songwriter director i want to do all of that oh my god that's fucking exciting yes y'all love that yes oh my god okay and you have one more so this can be whatever you want anything that how you said previously maybe you don't need any prerequisites like you don't need to go to school for x y or z you just get the job right off the bat can i have like an example what has someone else given or said oh anything like oh astronaut um oh someone said oprah <laughs> they want to just be oprah well good luck yeah she's no not gonna give that up anytime Ooh, i just want to smoke with rihanna in the studio and freestyle that's a great that's a thing job. to get paid for yeah, yeah. freestyling with <laughs> <That's> rihanna <laughs> <laughs> freestyle with rihanna. or meg the stallion because i feel like we would also be best friends yeah, do you want to do freestyle with rihanna and yeah. meg the stallion yes let's yeah. do it a wonderful group yeah yes. <laughs> do you think they're like the are they more joints blunts bongs dabs edibles what do you think they enjoy i think we're all uh joint babies you know yeah. past joints blunts maybe meg might seem like she would take like an edible depending on how her day is going i feel like she might be like a girl i had you can give me an edible because i just don't know if i can do the whole situation today yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> But I think she would be down. Cool. Oh, yeah. Um, Final category. Okay. Transportation. Well, I pick my car. Whatever, Whatever. you want. How Anything. you want to get around. It could be. If you want a car, if you want a pogo stick, whatever. Okay. So I know that I want a car that looks like a man is pulling up, like a super sleek black car maybe that has like red interior alternate windows like crazy music based system so when you see him pulling up you think it's a man but then this fiery woman steps out with these heels and I love that you know that's what Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is let's call it sleek black (laughs) one I was gonna say man's car yeah like a masculine yeah Man car. I'm going to call it man car. Yeah. With red interior. Yes. Or tan. Red slash tan. <laughs> okay. You have three more options. It doesn't have to be a car. Too. Oh, okay. It, it can be, be anything. Oh, my PJ. Cause I want to, I'm going to have a private jet. Hello. Yeah. PJ. I've PJ. never heard it called a PJ. I lo- me neither. I love that. <laughs> and she's probably going to have a name. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We'll get there later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My car, my PJ, uh-huh. I'm going to have a driver, uh-huh. I'm sure. And he could be pushing a fire ass truck. I don't know. Again, I don't uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. Uh, what is that? Three? Yeah. Yeah. One more. And I've always had a dream that if I had a superpower, I always want to teleport. Oh. So it would be that as well. <laughs> I love Great. that. Great. Yes. Okay. So now I'm going to figure out the results. My life. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So what's, so you remember playing this when you were like 13? Yeah. Is it, does that sound accurate? Yeah. It was definitely like a, like a adolescent game. Yeah. Was it like, were you playing it in school sleepovers? Like what are your memories of it? Definitely playing it at school during like free time when we were supposed to be doing work or something. Yeah. And then um, the other joints where you would 
We did that at work, actually. Yeah. When we were there. I don't remember what that's called, but that game as well. The coo- uh, I think they're cootie catchers. Yes. With the paper that yeah. you hold up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stressful. Stressful. Very stressful. To make and to operate <laughs> and to then find All out the that. answer. Stressful. <laughs> yeah. This was like a very shaming game. I felt like it was like a lot of we had a guest on. She was like, I played it with my bullies. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, I feel like it was like girls being like, oh, who do you like? We're going to put down your answers. Yeah. It was all very catty, you know? Definitely those exchanges where you would put down the answers that you had, but it was almost like if you were playing with a hater, she's going to pick the worst answer for you and be like, ooh, girl, you're going to have five kids and live in a shack and not have a husband. Like, what is going on? Are the answers in? The answers are in. The <sighs> results are in. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So. You're going to be living in a shack with your partner, Rihanna. Ah! So honestly, too, I feel like the term shack is up for interpretation. It could be a big shack. Yeah. On the water. Beach side. On the beach. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're all cancers. We all need the water. That's why that came out. That's That's so true. Um, With your son, Cayenne. Yeah. And... Of course, you're going to be a creative director because you are a creative director. I am. Hello. Mm-hmm. And you'll be teleporting. So awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. So we're giving our our. I almost said customers. Yikes. Our I gotta, customers. I get out of that world. <laughs> yeah. um, we're giving our guests about three to five years to mm-hmm. see this to through fruition. So we'll check in in like three to five years. Yeah. See how you're doing. Honestly, I love it because I am going to meet Rihanna. We're going to work together. We're going to be besties. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to happen. We're manifesting I'll check in and let you know. Yes. Thank you. So yeah. So we're going to take one more quick break. Okay. Send Rihanna a text. Okay. We'll figure this out. And then we'll be back for our... um, for the rest. Our final segment. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> she lost <laughs> For the rest. We'll be back for the rest. <laughs> and we're back. We sure are. Hey, Narlin. Hey. Do you have anything else you want to share with us? Creative endeavors that you got, you know, cooking up in that brain? I guess I can give a quick rundown as to what's to come for me or what's like be on the lookout for. Mm-hmm. So as we mentioned, I did put out two projects recently and I'm very excited about those things, but I do want to share that there's a lot more to come based on, um, you know, my creative endeavors and collaborations that I would like to take place. And so gnarlinvenice.com is going to be all things creatively me. Um, I think in the beginning, I was trying to kind of having a hard time figuring out how I was going to have a website um, or kind of just market myself and who I was without it being one thing. And so I want my website to sort of be a one-stop shop. And so anything that I'm releasing in terms of my projects is going to be on there. Um, Also, I'm going to be coming out with clothing lines and uh, pieces that I design myself, because if you're very close to me, you know that I have done fashion design and created clothes. And I'm always like, going to the thrift store and kind of trying to make something out of nothing or like adding sleeves to a t-shirt or like something to a blazer. Um, So I'll be doing those types of things, maybe selling like one of ones on my site, but then also like a line. Um, What I mentioned earlier in terms of me wanting to be the artist in music videos, but then also still producing them. Um, And then I have come to the conclusion that I would like to put out a rollout every single time I do release a project. 
Um, so I'm not positive what I want the next one to be. That's still sort of in the works, but I think to be able to keep people engrossed in what you're doing and feel like they're a part of it and they can take something away from it is really important because then it sort of cultivates a type of relationship that they feel like they know you personally. And that goes back to us talking about those, that concert merch that I was mentioning in terms of marketing a festival or a music concert. And then you get excited about what's to come because you can also wear what it is that you're going to be attending. And so I think I'm going to always do that with um, any project I release. The goal is to always put out merchandise and apparel to follow um, or to obviously put out print so that there is, you know, longevity in whatever it is that I release, but then also just excitement behind being involved. I think that's so smart. Aren't you um, even selling some of the pieces that you wore in parallels? Yep. Yeah. So the Servosi frames I made, um, by hand, I kind of just like ordered these glasses off of Amazon and took the lenses out. And it's just a partial frame that's only on the bottom uh, part of bottom lid of your eye. And I put these Servoski crystals hanging from the front of it and I laid everyone by hand. So like those I'm selling, um, the Levi jeans that I had that I distressed in the making of that project, I'm selling those as well. And it's kind of just going to be a continuous rollout. You know, I haven't necessarily figured out when I'm going to stop promoting parallels and you can't have certain things. I don't necessarily think I'm going to do limited edition things like that, unless it's something that I feel like is smart professionally. I think I would have to figure those logistics out. Um, But I definitely always want to release something after the project. I don't want it to just be the project and then it's over. I want you to to still be excited about whatever it is. Oh, that's so smart. I can't wait to hear you sing. I'm like I know so I'm so excited, for excited that. to hear you sing. I'm nervous, actually. <laughs> Honestly, I, really am. I actually came to New York at first to sing. Oh. And I was like, I don't even want to sing. I want to like be behind the scenes. And then the more that I'm creating and I am behind the scenes, I'm learning that I actually still want to be in front of the camera because I'm like, this is what you're trained. This is what you're talented. And you've wanted this your whole life. Don't necessarily throw it away, but you can do all of those things at one time. So yes. I'm trying to find the balance. <laughs> I think you're doing such a beautiful job. I mean, it's just, there's a level of passion that's palpable in your posts. That sounds so weird. I know we live in a time of social media, yeah. but like you said, you were getting so much positive feedback and you can feel it. Like you can feel it through your screen, how fucking stoked you are on these projects. Yeah. So I'm so happy for you. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm glad that that energy is resonating as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So besides your website, where else can our listeners find you? Um, so my creative Instagram is N-A-R-L-Y-N-V-N-C-E. Um, you can follow that page in terms of anything that I have up and coming and with my projects, any merch that I'm releasing, announcements, um, that will be there. Also, narlinfinice.com is my personal website that will encompass all of those things as well. Um, when the ball starts to get rolling more in terms of like video shoots that I'm doing, covers and things like that, again, all on one site. Also, um, any contact information for my resume and maybe collaboration opportunities, again, one-stop shop. Um, and then my personal Instagram is just Narlin Venice, V-E-N-I-C-E. And those are the three. <laughs> Thank you Aww. so much for letting us storm your brain. This I know, has been this is such fantastic. a fantastic. Yeah. Yes, I'm so, this is my first um, 
podcast interview and I feel very welcome and warm. So I appreciate you guys asking me to be a part of it and believing in me enough to, you know, allow me to vocalize my talents that I want to give to everybody else because that's what we have them for. Absolutely. 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 You're such an inspiration. You're so multifaceted and I just can't wait to see what comes next. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thanks, Cancer Queen. I know, Cancer Queen. queen. Cancer queens. Alrighty, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you guys later. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you to our guests for answering the question, what's been storming your brain? A big old thank you to our technical producer, Tim Fuchs, for our funky theme song with Chris Agar on bass and Louis Tanuzzi on trombone. Thank you to Ellie Stovall-Brown for our rock and cover art and to all you listeners for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next time for a few more ha-has and a lot less wah-wahs. And follow us on Instagram at brainstormingthepodcast. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the brain. brain.